a dream that one day we shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. The Historian's Magazine Podcast. So, hello and welcome to the Historian's Magazine Podcast. In this episode, I'm speaking to feature writer and editor-in-chief of the Historian's Magazine, Rosie Mags. In this episode, we discuss Le Mans, the history of Le Mans, but specifically the first Le Mans race. I think it's a fascinating conversation. I really love motor racing and Le Mans, and I think you're really going to love it. But without further ado, we'll have a message from our sponsors, and then I will leave you once again with Rosie. If you enjoy the sound of my voice, and I really hope you do because you are listening to the Historians Magazine podcast, I think you'll really enjoy the History of Jackson podcast. The History of Jackson podcast brings up-to-date historical research to you from historians, authors and researchers in an accessible and digestible way that strips away the academic jargon that none of us understand and focuses on the history at the root of the episode. So if that's something that appeals to you and you want to learn more about up-to-date historical research, head to the History of Jackson podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That is the History of Jackson podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Now I know you're fascinated by history because you are listening to the Historians Magazine podcast. But are you interested in the history of art and culture? Do you want to learn more about works of art famous artists or exciting archaeological discoveries. If you do, do you want to learn about it through free quality art history content? If that is something that appeals to you, look no further than Accessible Art History, the podcast. This is a weekly podcast where it explores all of these topics and so much more in such an accessible and entertaining way. The goal of this podcast and Accessible Art History is to provide history, knowledge, content and fun whilst learning. Now you can listen to this podcast and download it through any major podcast player, be that Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whatever you listen to your podcast on. So that is Accessible Art History, the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Historians Magazine podcast. Today we are joined by our editor-in-chief and one of our feature writers in the motorsport edition of the Historians Magazine and that is Rosie Mags. How are we doing Rosie? I'm good, how are you? I'm, I am absolutely knackered so in case you guys can't hear on this podcast we've been at Chalk Valley History Festival. It's the only time me and Rosie actually have, have to sit down and record episodes uh, and we are lasting on a Sunday and I think we're both shattered. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so today, Rosie, we're talking about Le Mans. Uh, your article in the magazine is about Le Mans. Currently, we are just watching people get thrown up by some 1920s, 1940s acrobats. Yeah, I think they're Edwardian. Yeah, <laughs> very, very bizarre. But our first question for you, Rosie, is... So your article that we're talking about today is about Le Mans, specifically the first Le Mans. So would you mind telling us what Le Mans is? So you might be thinking it's a French town. You would be correct. <laughs> this is where the name comes from. Mercy. Um, but it's basically an endurance race. So it's a 24-hour race around the town of Le Mans. Um, basically, yeah, it's, it's an endurance one. Um, it's not kind of like your Grand Prix where you race around the track in loops. 
it's a lot more intense than that. Yeah, I think Le Mans and, and 24-hour racing is some of the most grueling uh, racing in motorsport. So Le Mans is part of our... It's part of the calendar. People want to go and watch it. People want to be part of it. People people want to know about it. So why was this race created? Fundamentally, it was created because the French wanted to show off their cars. Um, As always. <laughs> so in 1923, because it's 100 years, um, it was France had the biggest uh, car manufacturing industry in Europe. So they relish the chance to show that they were the best at making cars uh, so this was actually created kind of as an endurance race for the cars because if your car could survive this 24-hour racing then surely it's worth buying because it can survive anything i think that's a great way to kind of prove that your cars are superior um, and that people should buy them because i think if a car could run 24 hours without stopping i might buy it uh, I'm sure my car probably could, but I don't think it would do very well in that race. <laughs> so did the British decide to enter? Because at the moment, I'm just hearing about the French. So, ooh, sorry, there's a wasp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the first Le Mans was actually pretty much just French cars. I think there was 33 entries uh, and only four of them weren't uh, French. Um, and technically, Britain didn't enter. A British car was entered by a Canadian uh, but it wasn't actually Britain entering as like a, you know a country. Um, they entered in a Bentley, but the founder, one of the founders of Bentley, W. O. Bentley, he didn't believe that Le Mans would be a success, so he didn't want to go and enter his cars because he thought this is just going to be a short-lived, one-time thing. Why should I bother? So he wasn't convinced. <laughs> he went along to watch it, but he did not believe in it. So he just kind of let the driver get on with it which is remarkably bizarre now because bentley is almost a name that's synonymous with endurance race endurance racing now in your your article you let us know that the race started at 4 p.m uh, so with the french cars the bentley and the belgian entries which you mentioned in your article are, are taking part once they get going at around 4 p.m what happens next in this race so the weird thing about them starting at four was that this was the like weekend that the clocks went back so they actually start at four, but then they don't actually finish until technically five the next day. <laughs> so they actually were racing for slightly longer than they said on the tin. Um, but basically, the f first thing they do is, is actually a race start. So they actually are outside of their cars and then they run into the cars um, and then they get in the cars and start driving them. Um, I can't remember why they did this, but it was basically just as a, a kind of way to be like, right, let's see how we can do this. It was just a bit of fun, but eventually that got banned because it was really dangerous. Yeah, I, c I can imagine. I mean, like today, if you're having to jump into a hypercar and someone else is having to jump into a Porsche, or as I haven't done this year, jumping into a NASCAR, uh, everyone's going to have completely different speeds in getting into those cars. So. Obviously, it's a 24-hour race. We're meant to test the endurance of our cars and, and, and demonstrate that they, they can last 24 hours. But inevitably, it's 24 hours long. There, there's going to be some difficulties. Could you, could you let us know about some of these difficulties that the cars face during the race? Yeah, so obviously not all of the cars actually made it back. That kind of goes without saying that not everyone managed to finish the race, which happens in most races. There's always going to yeah. be one or two who don't finish. Um, but 
it was very much uh, so there was only allowed to be two drivers and one person could drive at a time and then the other person had to be in the pits ready to you know do maintenance to the cars um so for the person driving it's obviously very tough and then they come back in they go to sleep they you know have their champagne have yeah. their dinner <laughs> you know live the high life um and then the other person goes out but the bentley car so basically it was an um I don't know if this is the right word, but like an untarmac surface. So okay. it wasn't, it was basically just all stones. And that, Lovely. <laughs> that, uh, the Bentley was doing exceptionally well. Uh, and then the stones got to it and the big stone. Um, basically, I think it, I might need to check this bit quickly. I think it, I just get my article. I don't want to say it made something fall off if it didn't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it did. If I remember them, I just nursed it back round, didn't I? Yeah, but I can't remember what fell off. Wait, what am I doing? Shall I just go back to... Where should I go back to? Uh, just start your answer again. So... Obviously, for the drivers, it was pretty hard going. Um, so only one person could drive at a time, and then the other one had to be in the pits, um, ready to like do maintenance the car and stuff. So then they'd switch over when the other one came in um, for you know resting time. Um, but basically, it was an untarmac track, so it was all just stones. Um, and the Bentley was actually doing really well. It was in second place for most of the night. Um, but a stone actually pierced the fuel tank. Um, so basically that means that they ran out of fuel because it was just coming out of the tank. And this happened at about 12 p.m. So it was kind of like at the more than the midway point of the race. Um, Definitely at a point where you don't <laughs> want it to happen. Yeah, <laughs> but obviously they were undeterred. Um, so basically Frank Clement, who was the second driver um, in the team, he didn't want to give up, so he actually went on a cross-country mission. He took a bike from a French soldier, um, carried all his tools and his spares like on his shoulders. I imagine it was quite <laughs> comical. Um, and he went off um, to go and save the Bentley, because basically, obviously, the Bentley was nowhere near where they were doing the pit stop. Yeah. So it was like out in the open. So he had to go and drive across like the town to go and find the car and fix it um luckily he did fix it and um they set back off again but uh, you know it wasn't great no no i can uh, and for those of you who don't know the le mans circuit now is absolutely massive so i can't i can't i can't begin to fathom how long it was uh, at the first race now talking about finishing the race and talking about how long it was did the first race have a winner? It did not. So <laughs> the decision was made before the race that every two Le Mans would be a winner. So you'd have to win two in a okay. row to win. Um, so annoyingly <laughs> for the uh, winners, they, they didn't. there was no winner for the 1923 Le Mans. I think they changed this a couple years after because they realised it wasn't working and people actually wanted to have like the trophy wanted to say they were the winners because when you've just done a 24-hour race and then they say oh 
I, try again next year. I damn well want a trophy. Yeah, not yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, they decided to change that. Um, but yeah, so for 1923, there was no winner. Um, the Bentley came in fourth, but um, the positive part of the story is that by halfway in Le Mans, W.A. Bentley decided, I'm into this. And he got really into it. And after that, Bentley became one of the dominant teams for Le Mans because he put a lot of money into making sure that it was part of their... You know, they were into their racing, like everyone knows about the Bentley boys and stuff of this era. But he also invested in Le Mans as well, which he was not prepared to do at the start of the race. And it's fantastic that result kind of inspired that. And, it's, and you still see Bentley competing in endurance racing today. So, yeah, that's a that's a brilliant that's a brilliant way to finish that first part of our discussion. And now we will go for a little ad break with some messages from our sponsors and then as we always do, we will answer some of your listener questions. Uh, well, Rosie will, I'll, will I won't. <laughs> so, we'll be back in a second. Now, here at the Historian's Magazine, we love hearing and learning about history that isn't often touched upon in history textbooks or in traditional history media. And one place that we love to go and learn about this kind of history is the Past Podcast with Veronica Fortune. Now, Past is the podcast about those who would never rule. So if you've ever been curious about why women couldn't inherit the throne of France or how the Hundred Years' War started, this is the show for you. Now, Veronica covers the almost kings and queens of history and the reasons why they would never rule, which is an amazing idea, and I really think you're going to enjoy it. So that is The Past Podcast, P-A-S-S-E-D, The Past Podcast. Now, obviously, you love historical content because you are listening to the Historian's Magazine podcast. But if you need some more historical content in your life, or if you're a history writer or budding history writer looking to start your historical content creator journey, then I have the perfect place for you. And that is thehistorycorner.org or the History Corner blog, as they're known on Instagram. And this is the perfect place for creative people to find a hub for historical writing or those who love living history or photography to find ways to collaborate with the community. So that is thehistorycorner.org and the History Corner blog on Instagram. Great place for contributors and authors to start their historical content creation journey. That is thehistorycorner.org or the History Corner blog on Instagram. So we are back from our sponsored section and I just want to say thank you for coming back really. Now, Rosie, we have some questions from our listeners. The first one is from Cameron. What is your perfect Sunday? I feel like I'm meant to answer this like in Hot Fuzz when he's like, what's your perfect Sunday? Well, (laughs) (laughs) this is mine. Um, No, I think it would just be relaxing to be honest. Maybe watching some films just not really doing much because who wants to do a lot on a Sunday it's it's a day of rest yeah (laughs) and after this week that we've had I can imagine your Sunday next week not today is is going to be very restful indeed yeah 100% (laughs) our next question is from the tall jacobite so what inspired you to start up the website so I wanted a place to put more articles because we always get loads more submissions than we can actually put inside of the magazine um 
and I think this is a way of being able to say yes to the ones that we like but have come in a bit later or you know don't quite fit um, with our vision for that edition so um, I think it's a really good way to just keep supporting historians getting their work out there um, and I urge anyone who has any ideas to submit them because we love seeing all the ideas that you have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been great having that website. It's something that we've we've discussed for a long time. Placing articles on a, on a blog has been something that we've we've spoken about being able to make this website and this ma magazine more accessible. So that's been brilliant. Uh, I think that's a great answer. And then finally, from Grace, what is your favourite fact about racing? Oh, that that is actually a very good question I do have one that's quite interesting which a lot of people might not know so um, and I don't know if it's true because I haven't actually yeah. ever fact checked it so take, take this with a pinch of salt um, basically um, the word punter comes from Brooklyn's because people so Brooklyn's is set next to the river um, the river way because it's in Weybridge um, and people used to punt down the river to try and watch the motorsport for free so they got called punters and now that's kind of like a general term for anyone going to like you know yeah. crowded things that's, a, that's an awesome answer and if you guys want to know more about Brooklyn's museum and brooklyn's in general we did have a great episode with rosie here in her capacity as digital marketing officer at brooklyn's museum where we discussed brooklyn's museum and its history as well so if you want to learn more about that uh, i recommend reading the brooklyn's article in the motorsport edition and listening to that episode with rosie now rosie as we do for everyone on the podcast and i'm going to give you the floor or the table that we're sat upon uh, to share any projects or accounts that you'd like listeners to check out uh, obviously, this is on the magazine podcast, so I forbid you from talking about the magazine accounts because we are already sharing those. <laughs> um, I guess my own account is History of Rosie. Um, I mostly post on Instagram, um, maybe a little bit TikTok, but um, I'm kind of not that great at posting. But you can follow me for when I do randomly post. Um, and I know you said you forbid me from talking about the magazine, but do make sure that you're following the Little Historians magazine and that you're checking out the YouTube channel for that because we've got loads of great new content coming. And um, I, yeah, I've done a lot with it, so I feel yeah. like I want to mention it. <laughs> I think you exploited a very good little loophole there in that, uh, in that. So thank you very much for coming on, Rosie. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I'm sure I'll be back because, you know, it's not hard to ask me. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening, guys. If you want to listen to the Historians Magazine podcast ad-free and enhance your listening experience, do consider, or maybe even do it, uh, subscribe to Past and Present Plus on Apple Podcasts to enhance your listening experience and have an ad-free uh, listen to the Historians Magazine podcast.